This is Moonshine and Scoreboards with Kevin, Landon, and Justin. Moonshine and Scoreboards, episode 19. What a week in sports we've had this past seven days since we've last come to you. Uh, it feels like the world's been flip-flopped upside down, turned around, and gone sideways. And we're going to talk about it all this evening. So I'm just going to dive right into it. I'm joined by my wonderful co-hosts, Justin and Landon. How are we doing, gentlemen? Good evening, sir. Welcome to the Thunderdome. The Thunderdome. The Thunderdome. I thought we were now on Jim Harbaugh Watch 2024. <laughs> Same thing. Yeah. Domino yeah. were waiting to fall. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, yeah. So it appears that, you know, a week ago, we didn't have a national champion in college football. Nick Saban was the coach at Alabama. Bill Belichick was the coach of the New England Patriots. And everything seemed, you know, hunky dory. And it, what a difference a week makes. Um, I guess we'll start with the, I don't know if this is the biggest note of the week, but we could start with the college football national championship. <laughs> Strangely enough, it's been overshadowed <laughs> in the mm-hmm. last week, but uh, we did have a national championship game on Monday night. The Michigan Wolverines, uh, they, they won 34, 13 against Washington. Um, it was it was a kind of a back and forth game and I think it was kind of to me it kind of signified how Michigan's kind of played all season uh where they have leaned on leaned on the other team kind of like a boxing match they kind of just leaned on them tired them out hit them with a couple body blows and then kind of just took their soul in the fourth quarter and that's exactly what happened I mean it was a one score game in the fourth quarter um And then Michigan just pulled off two touchdowns and kind of just ripped the heart out of Washington. Um, I want to go to our our residential Washington fan, uh, (laughs) the big purple purple people eater himself, Justin. He he was hell-bent on letting everybody know that Washington was the team of destiny this season. Uh, What are your thoughts on on Washington's destiny uh, being cut short? Uh, I have to say, I admit... I was wrong. I get it. Washington wasn't ready for the spotlight. I thought they were. I will say um, I I give them credit for the fact that I think, you know, we had our chat going early on in the game, and I know that the general feeling was that, oh, this game could get ugly after the first quarter um, and going into the second. But Washington – you know, they, they stuck around the, the defense actually stepped up and kept them in the game. They put them in a position after, you know, scoring the touchdown at the end of the half and then getting the ball to, to start the second half, put them in a position to actually make it a ball game and, and maybe even tie it up. But miscues Penix did the thing that he couldn't do, which was throw an interception on the first play of the second half. And, you know, a, a critical one there at the end. Um, I'm not going to say, I know people are have pointed to there was a holding call on a long 30-yard pass play that uh, wiped away the play for Washington. And it was one of those calls I think could have gone either way. When you watch the replay of it, I don't know that there was a lot of holding going on there, but you could call it, you can call holding every play. So that's just one of those things where it's a shame it, it went against them in that situation, but 
Um, they, they made too many mistakes when they needed to play near perfect because, you know, Michigan did seem like when they were determined to run the ball, they were going to run the ball. And and Washington didn't have an answer for that. So, you know, credit to Michigan. They, they, they played a strong game. Um, I'm sure that they knew the calls that Washington was going to make before they made them. And uh, <laughs> I don't know if Connor Stallions was in attendance. I know he was in attendance at the Rose Bowl, but I don't know that he was in attendance at the national championship game. <laughs> I saw a video. I think he was, uh, if, if a social media video was to be believed, he was at a bar in Houston. So he wasn't at the game, but he was in Houston. But I mean, it, in 2024 with technology, I mean, I'm sure he could relay a message to the sideline very easily. <laughs> Yeah, but anyway, sure I was going to be a part of the parade. I was wrong. <laughs> you all were right in this case, but I, I don't, I don't regret backing Washington all the way to the end. And um, I hate that it ended in disappointment for him, but oh well. Uh, Michigan, Michigan won, and you all got the last laugh on this one. You both did. Well, I'm, I'm not gonna say that I got the last laugh because on our last episode, I said I was picking Michigan because I wanted to give them the reverse jinx. And I was hoping that Washington was the real team of destiny, but it seemed like destiny was denied for Washington in this case. And the unfortunate team of destiny turned out to be the Michigan Wolverines. In this instance, it still remains to be seen what the final chapter is going to be. I think the NCAA is going to have the final word the epilogue, if you will, in the book of the season of 2023 for this football team. Yeah, they are the champion. I think eventually uh, we could see a show cause situation hit on Jim Harbaugh, but when the end of the day comes, I don't know if we're going to see this title vacated. Um, I think the punishment's going to follow the coach, not necessarily the institution. But talking on the game itself, when Phoenix threw that interception in the – on the first play in the second half, it reminded me of Thanos saying, I am inevitable. And it just felt like Michigan was just really counting down the minutes, the seconds until it went triple zeros in the fourth quarter and they got their ring after that moment. Yeah. I'm Washington put up a hell of a fight to even stay in it after that pivotal mistake that Penix had, but after that, coming out of the halftime and just botching right there, that to me was all momentum swung back into Michigan's favor, and I don't think Washington ever found their footing after that. And I like coming into this game, I thought that Michigan's defense was going to be the difference. Michigan's defense, particularly their front line showed up and was everything that was advertised, maybe even more. The thing that surprised me was that Michigan running attack. They did everything that they wanted. We knew Blake Corum was going to get his 134 yards, two touchdowns. Donovan Edwards surprised me. Over 100 yards, two touchdowns as well. And he and it, uh, wasn't the first carry of the game. I know it was a big play, but wasn't it a, a big run to the house? Yeah, it was. Yeah, so I mean, like a two-headed running or a, a two-headed r- rushing attack. Um, you you pair that with uh, that really, really, really good Michigan defense, and then you just ask JJ McCarthy, "Hey, don't screw this up," and he didn't screw it up. So uh, 
<sighs> I guess it just goes to show you uh, cheating always does pay off kids. <laughs> Allegedly. Yeah. I, I will say this, that this like, I, last week I said that Michigan earned a lot of respect in my opinion. And I think that kind of opened my eyes to the way that they've played all season, which is basically saying we have the best defense in the nation. And as long as our quarterback doesn't screw it up, like you said, Landon, we're going to, we're going to defense you to death and then we're going to run you to death. And we're going to kind of make you feel like by the end of the third quarter into the fourth quarter, we're going to make you just not want to play football anymore. And, and I feel like that's, that's what they did to have a very complimentary, um, brand of football on, you know, typically you don't see a team that's going to suffocate you defensively, come out there and score in one play, you know, throw for 400 yards, you know, put up 40 points, stuff like that. You don't typically see that with a team that has a defense as strong as Michigan's was, um, and and that that's something that they really utilized all year. Uh, like you said, Blake Corum, he had a good game. He had you know the two rushing touchdowns in the fourth quarter to kind of ice the game. He won the offensive player of the game. Uh, Donovan Edwards also, you know, like like you had mentioned, Landon. He that first play on that first play, that first run that that he scored, um, that big run. At that point, I was like, okay, yeah. I, I don't know that Washington is gonna have what it takes because you know Washington was allowing seven, around seven yards a game, uh, seven yards a carry against Texas in the Sugar Bowl, and Texas is running back as a true freshman and is nowhere near as good as Blake Corum, and I don't think he's as good as Don- Donovan Edwards either, um, and you know if he was doing that. That is a point that I should have made last week that the Michigan run de- run game was going to play a big a big factor in the game, um, but yeah, uh, hats off all all across the board to Michigan, uh, keeping their composure, keeping their eye on the prize with all the distractions that they had throughout the season and, and the distractions, especially late in the season. Um, you know, Harbaugh had those guys focused and, and ready to go. I will say this. I think the only team that probably could have beaten Michigan was Georgia. I don't know that anybody mm-hmm. else could have beaten Michigan. I, I, like Washington had a good season. I'll, I'll give them that. They had a fantastic season. Um, you know, Michael Penix had a great year. Obviously, um, you know, he. a lot of people think that he should have won the Heisman. He had a fantastic season. Um, that Washington offense was lethal, and their defense was really good as well. Um, but – you know, it Michigan was just men out there and and that's they got on both sides, the offensive line and the defensive line is just a bunch of dudes. And so that you know, in the end that kind of prevailed. Um curious to see, like you said, Lennon, what happens with Jim Harbaugh, what happens, you know, with this Michigan team and, and what the NCAA does, if anything. Um you know, vacated titles, sure, you could do that. To me, vacated titles mean nothing, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, we took your title away, you got to take the banner down. Well, everybody knows that you still won the national championship, you know. <laughs> everybody still looks at 2005 and or 2000 and uh, – was it 2005? Yeah, 2005 and say Reggie Bush still won the Heisman. You know, you can vacate it all you want to, but it doesn't really change anybody's opinion. Well, um, I, I don't know. I mean – 
personally, sure, as a fan, you you can always claim it. People are gonna we know what really happened on the field, but I mean, think about things like the the home run race with Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa. Like, does that really feel the same now in hindsight when you think about it? Because to me, it doesn't. And what year I mean, was that? Was that ninety eight? That was, I think it was 98. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was three. It doesn't really. (laughs) Okay. okay. I don't remember that. Um, Right. Yeah. Yeah. As me and Jay just turned to dust over here. Right. But I guess, (laughs) I guess what I'm saying is, um, okay. Just use like uh, Barry Bonds as, as just the, the poster child for steroids. And people talk about, you know, any, anytime you've got someone who was, uh, confirmed doing something against the rules and then you have to look at the records and you say that word asterisk right and mm-hmm. for me that sticks with me it i i think about it and i it does sort of like shade how i think about the teams or the individuals that won these awards or championships landon i, I don't know if you feel the same way it's it's interesting you use the steroids in baseball argument as an example here because I honestly think you're you're right and I think Kevin's right in this instance because I think comparing college football and vacating wins and championships and awards to baseball and the home run record is kind of comparing apples to oranges, especially in this day and age with name, image, and likeness, particularly in the case of Reggie Bush and the Heisman. If Reggie Bush was uh, was doing what he was alleged to now, it wouldn't be an issue in 2024, where steroids are still not okay in 2024 in baseball. And, and Kevin, for the record, and Jay, for the record, uh, as somebody who is a massive Chicago Cubs fan and followed every Sammy Sosa at bat as closely as a little teenager could in East Tennessee. I was hanging on everything that summer as uh, Slam and Sammy went back and forth with Big Mac chasing it. And that was one of the most fun, I guess, uh, summers in, in in my sports fandom. And knowing how it turned out and the allegations that came out after it. Is it a little, is is it shaded differently after the fact? A little bit, but knowing how much fun I had and how much of a boon it was for the game of baseball. You have to remember, like like baseball was still struggling to come out of the strike uh, just a few years prior. And I mean, MLB totally leaned into it. You have to remember they were doing the Chicks Dig the Long Ball campaign at that point. And Sammy Sosa and Mark, or Mark McGuire were front and center as part of that campaign. And even back then there were whispers, it's like, hey, I don't know if they're doing this on the up and up. Because even as a Cubs fan, it's like, I love Sammy Sosa. And there were odds like, like he went from being a good player, a good player, a good player to a home run God almost overnight. So, and yeah. I mean, yeah, sorry. I was just, yeah, gonna say, I, I mean, I get your, I get your point about like, especially the Reggie Bush example. I, I, the reason I, the reason I pointed towards steroids um, and the steroid era is because again, like you said, that's still against the rules. Whereas in Michigan's case, stealing signs is still against the rules. That is true. And that's, and that's why I'm making that comparison because if they, if it comes out and the NCAA says, yes, you did this and there's punishment that's handed down. In my opinion, they're similar things. Cause you look back and say, okay, you achieved okay, that. Yeah. 
but and 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 I I think in this instance you are in. I think you're more onto something there because much like steroids in baseball and stealing signs in football, you're getting an on the field advantage. And, and in that case, yeah, that, that is some shady pool. It is, but in the same breath, since we're talking so much about baseball, do you, well, this, I don't think this is going to help my argument, (laughs) Um, but do you think like, who, who do you think, who won the 2017 World Series, in your opinion? No, no, no. That's not an opinion thing, because it happened. But, but, it, but was it okay? Is the question? Well, I mean, it wasn't. And, okay. and how do they we look cheating. at it? Is the it question. still happened? Yeah, it yeah. still happened. We, I mean, I, I, I look at it like I'm gonna like that was what six years ago, seven years ago. I will look at it. Geez, that was seven years ago. Um, I will look at it, you know, I think that I'll look at this national championship that Michigan won in the same vein that I look at the, like the World Series that Houston won in 2017. Houston was doing something that isn't allowed. The way that they were doing it is not allowed. And, and stealing signs. And Michigan was doing something that isn't allowed in the way that they were doing it and stealing signs. They both still won. You know, I, I the MLB didn't take away the World Series from the Astros. I don't know that the NCAA is going to vacate the national championship from Michigan, but you know, I'll still look at it like you. I will agree with you, Justin. I'll look at it with an asterisk. Um, you know, no matter if the NCAA takes it away from them or not, mm-hmm. I'll say you know, will will we ever? We will never know if Michigan would have won. It would, if Michigan would have gone fifteen and zero, if they did not have the signs, if they did, if they did not know the place, and as a Yankees fan that was robbed of a World Series berth at the very least in two thousand seventeen, I sit there to this day and sit there and struggle with you know I'll I haven't the Yankees haven't been to a World Series since two thousand nine you know that was the best chance that we've had since then and we were robbed of it by a team that was cheating. Yeah. You know, and I still get upset about that to this day. Um, I guess so I think like that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's I, kind of I, I do get that completely. I, I, I think what we can say definitively, even without knowing how the NCAA is going to rule. Bang the gavel, case closed, we're moving on. This is always going to be a part of the story for the 2023 Michigan Wolverine football team, just like it was for the 2017 Houston Astros team, just like it is for Barry Bonds, just like it is for Reggie Bush, just like it is for Mark McGuire, just like it is for Sammy Sosa. Yes, they did accomplish these things on the field of play, dot, 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 but this also happened. Yeah. Right. And I, you know, I completely agree with that. This has to be a part of their story. It does. And, you talk about how people look at it down the road. You gave, I mean, you guys gave a perfect example of two guys. I mean, I know next week we're going to talk about the MLB hall of fame ballot. You, you talked about little teaser. You talk about two guys that were Mark McGuire was a surefire hall, hall of famer, surefire. And because of him cheating, he didn't get into the hall of fame. 
Same. I, I, I'm not going to say that Sammy Sosa was. A, I would say, yeah, actually, Sammy Sosa was probably a surefire Hall of Famer as well. He also didn't get into the Hall of Fame. There's a guy who won seven Cy Youngs, the most Cy Youngs of all time, who didn't get into the Hall of Fame because he cheated. Hell, the home run king didn't get into the Hall of Fame because he cheated, you know? So these people... Henry Aaron's in the Hall of Fame. What are you talking about? (laughs) True. Um, (laughs) All right, let me rephrase that. The (laughs) non-cheating or the cheating home run king didn't get into the Hall of Fame. Um, So 10, 15, 20 years down the road, people are going to look back at this team and say, you know, yes... They won a national championship, but they didn't go about it the right way. And that's just, I mean, I think that is the bottom line um, in regards to the 2023 Michigan Wolverines. Um, Now I think everybody just sits and waits and sees, you know, not so much what the NCAA says, not so much what they do, but more of what Jim Harbaugh does. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. What if he decides to come back to Michigan, if he goes to the NFL, this is a perfect segue. There's a lot of brand new openings in coaching <laughs> um, that were not there a week ago. Um, and I think the biggest one comes at the University of Alabama. Uh, ding dong, the witch is dead. Um, <laughs> Nick Saban on Wednesday night uh, dropped a bomb and said, you know, I'm, I'm retiring. Um, Cue up the Dixieland delight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At least retiring from the University of Alabama. Um, uh, this this was uh, like I said, it was it was a bombshell. No, I, there was I know that there was rumblings of this happening. Um, that you know he is seventy two. He's getting up there in age. Um, and you know there was some rumblings of, you know he's he's kind of at his wits end with the way that college football is now. Um, it's not the game that he got into. It's not the game that he fell in love with. It's more of, you know, the NIL has changed a lot. Um, and he was just kind of done. And so I think that, you know, this, I think now that we've given it some time, I mean, a, a full day, um, <laughs> we can look back and say, you know, at least for me, is Nick Saban the greatest coach in college football history? And I, I think that that is a resounding yes. I would I would assume that you guys would probably agree. Um, I I think that you know I I've been listening to multiple different pods, reading lots of you know tweets and posts on Facebook and and X, and and you know I saw one today that Nick Saban had I believe it was 15 more first round picks than he had losses in his entire tenure at Alabama. Holy crap, um, is that right? Yeah, oh yeah. It's it's correct. That the uh, that one got me. The big one that got me was that every player that played 4 years at Alabama under Nick Saban won a national championship during their tenure at Alabama. Like if you played at least four seasons, you would, you won a national championship under Saban, which is crazy. And you got to think that Saban, his first year in 2008, he went six and six and he finished his career with 29 losses. Mm-hmm. So from 2009 to 2023, the dude lost uh, 20, 23 games. Wow. That is wild. Um, you know, so Saban, 
Saban, wow. I think, will go down as the GOAT. He's 11-1 and in the SEC championship. <laughs> Only has one SEC championship game loss, <laughs> which is crazy. <laughs> um, I mean, a hell of a coach. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, do, I'm very do you happy think, to see him gone. <laughs> yeah. Do, do you guys think that we'll see – I mean, I guess you could say that Kirby Smart has a potential to go on a kind of a run like this and set up a similar dynasty, but – it just seems like, especially going into the into the twelve team playoff era, and with conferences expanding and adding more competition, do you think we'll see a coach as dominant as that ever again in college football? No, uh, no chance. If no if chance. if it's not Kirby, I don't think so. And and especially with the SEC doing away with divisional play, now it's going to be the top two SEC teams record wise squaring off in the excuse me sec championship where i mean there would be some years where it's like all right alabama this juggernaut's gonna square off against check notes uh a three loss sec east uh champion and you knew like it was a foregone conclusion i mean right. kevin kevin just said he he only caught one caught one l in the uh sec championship i mean if it's not kirby i don't think we're ever going to see the dominance we saw from uh nick saban down in tuscaloosa and to answer your question kevin i mean is as much as i hated nick saban when he was on the sideline i respected him just as much because he was so damn good my my only concern with him retiring well okay i have two two concerns with him retiring one I've seen enough horror movies where we think that Michael Myers or Jason Voorhees is dead. And then we see him sit up like the undertaker and then just start chasing after uh, the camp counselors again. So I'm like, like there's a part of me that isn't going to believe he's retired until we see uh, Alabama kick off uh, the 2024 season with somebody on the sideline that isn't Nick Saban and two, more seriously and more importantly, I hope he's not retiring due to health issues. Yeah, that's a good yeah, point. I don't think – I mean, he, he still looks very healthy. For a 72-year-old guy, he still looks very healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think you're safe there. As far as him coming back, I, it, I, I'm not going to say that that would shock me because it wouldn't. I, I totally see a scenario where he pulls a Tom Brady and is like, 40 days later is like, you know what? I don't really like this. My wife's bothering me a lot. <laughs> you know, she wants me to do a whole lot around the house. I'm going to come back and coach. Um, well, it's, granted- it, 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 it's funny. You mentioned his wife. There's a lot of people that were very close. Well, as close as people in the media can be to somebody like Nick Saban. They've been saying this for years. As soon as his wife, who is lovingly referred to as Miss Terry, as soon as Terry Saban says, it's time for you to hang up, they had an agreement. As soon as she said it's time, he would say it's time. So maybe she just finally said it's time to cash out. Yeah. I could and, see and, that. And, yeah. and if that's the case... And that was their deal where he got to live this manic college football coach lifestyle for the, what, what, 17 years in Alabama and then the two-year stint in Miami. And then before that, it was at LSU. These these decades, plural, in professional coaching, if she finally said enough's enough, 
let's go finger crossed it's not a health issue let's go enjoy our golden years while we still have our health and we can because you know i mean he has more money than anybody in the state of alabama yeah he can he he, he can do literally whatever he wants in that state and probably several other states um if she just said it's time for you to ride off into that crimson sunset he, he he really might be gone yeah, I, I will say the only thing that surprises me is that I always envisioned that Saban would go out on top. I did too. And yeah. Me too. Me too. I, I do think that it's surprising that he's not going to go out on top. I do think that he also thinks, you know, hey, if I don't know that I might be able to go out on top. Uh, yeah, that's I something that I might I be able about. to dictate. Yeah, that's something I thought about too, Kevin, because I was thinking if if he really decided – on his own volition. He's just like, I think I'm done. He, yeah, he's not going out on top, but he did win an SEC title in his last year. Um, right. And it's not like he's at the bottom of the barrel where he was at any sort of a risk of anything. You know, um, had a great recruiting class coming in. Still looked like year, was- Yeah, I mean, uh, speaking on recruiting, last year they had one of what was vaunted as one of the greatest, if not the greatest recruiting classes of all time, according to recruiting uh, uh, outlets. Yeah. So all that being said, I think that this is a great precedent really for other coaches and players like, hey, maybe hang it up before you get to the point where you have no other choice. (laughs) Coach K. Yeah, I I do think. I don't know. It's very surprising. Um, A lot of people are saying, you know, it has to do with the NIL. It has to do with the change of landscape in college football and that he might not be the last legendary coach that still has some left in the tank because you can't say he didn't have anything left in the tank. Like you had said, Justin, you could, Mm -hmm. there's, there's still a lot left. Um, as far as we're, as far as we can see, I mean, like you said, I mean, Alabama was in the playoff this year. They They won the SEC uh, they won the SEC this year. Um, they were know. one Tommy Reese botched call away from uh, going to a double overtime Na- against the eventual national champions. That and yeah. and like 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 uh, like y'all were talking about, we would think Saban would go out on top. That was like I agree with you, and the fact that that's going to be the last play that Nick Saban was on the sideline for. Tommy <laughs> Reese's just complete botch job. That's that's it for Nick Saban. Yeah. It's, it's it's wild to think about. I'm sure there's going to be, you know, I'm sure he'll write a book. I'm sure there's been rumors that he's got a spot on game day, that game yep. day has reserved a spot on game day for whenever he's done. Um, I will say, you know, he does do pretty good TV when he's done, you know, when he's been on game day, when he's, when he's done, you know, um, the panels when they're not in the college football playoff or when they're not in the national championship and he comes on the guest speaker i think i think he's done a good job they got Um, their corso replacement yep i think you're right um but you know you got three tennessee fans here that are going to tip their hat to nick saban on a hell of a career um you know the the goat of college football coaching um and and see what happens next speaking of what happens next the big picture here and we i wanted to start with saban because i want to give him his flowers but the big picture here Alabama doesn't have a head coach, guys. This is nice. This At is least nice. as of recording time. <laughs> yeah. 
As of recording on Thursday, January 11th, Alabama does not have a head coach. Welcome to hell, Bammers. This is a good time. <laughs> they, uh, they they dropped one, a five-star wide receiver, decommitted uh, a couple minutes after Saban announced his retirement. And I was like, oh, this is good. This is good. Um, so uh, for a long time, I mean, for a long time, it's been 12 hours, 24 hours. Um there's there was at first uh there was a you know the big names that came up of course Steve Sarkeesian who coached with Saban uh Lane Kiffin who coached with Saban um Dan Lanning I believe he also coached with Saban um who else Kalen DeBoer I believe mm-hmm. he also coached with Saban pretty much anybody who coached with Saban's going to going to get a nod um, butch jones derrick Dooley, jeremy yep, pruitt, pruitt. <laughs> yep anybody you can have all of them um the front runner as far as the odds makers had it making out was was dan lanning um there was a lot of speculation in the last 24 hours that lanning was in tuscaloosa i, I know that the bets came out you know, like the odds came out, the sports books were open, and then around 11, 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock last night, the, the sports books closed, which that led a lot that, that made the rumor mill go crazy that Alabama already had their guy. And I was like, damn it, dude. We didn't even get 24 hours to dance on their grave. Like, they already <laughs> got their guy. Uh, <laughs> thankfully, Dan Lanning put those rumors to bed today when he released a video, you know, saying that he's staying at Oregon. Yeah, dude dropped a hype video to turn down the Alabama job. 2024 is off to a hot start, y'all. Yeah, but, you know, I'm going to be honest with you guys. When when Nick Saban was at LSU, he he said, or I believe it was Miami. It was either Miami or LSU. He said, yeah, it was Miami. Head, yeah, I'm not going to be the head coach at Alabama. Yeah. And, and three days later, he was the head coach at Alabama. So, you know, until they have a – until the job's filled, I'm not going to buy anything that anybody says. Um but I, I, w- I want to ask you guys this just real quick. Who do you think they go to? Who do you think is is the replacement to who, – who, who steps in those ginormous shoes? <laughs> Lena, go ahead. I want to hear your take. Okay. Well, uh, as of recording time Thursday, January 11th at 8, 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, I think uh, Kalen DeBoer is going – or Kalen DeBoer is going to be uh, the next – man walking the sidelines in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Um, he has put together a hell of a resume um, everywhere he's gone. Uh, he is offensive-minded, which I think you have to be if you want to be successful in this day and age in college football. But if he says no, <laughs> if I'm the administration in Alabama, I pick up the phone and I call Urban Meyer. I I don't go Lane Kiffin because uh, there are some off the field issues uh, that have uh, let's just say that have uh, been alleged against Lane that I don't think certain uh, power players in Tuscaloosa would allow Lane to come back and be the man so to speak, for the Crimson Tide. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian, yes, uh, does have ties to the Crimson Tide, but he kind of has a good thing going for him in uh, in Austin, Texas. Uh, so I don't think he would leave his machine rolling. Uh, even though they are coming in, into the SEC, Texas, I think, is going to be in a pretty dang good spot, at least as of now. Um, I go get Urban Meyer for 
a two, three, four year rental because with urban, you know, it's not, it's not going to be a long time, but uh, the uh, short term process, you're just going to see some, uh, going to see some pretty good uh, ROI return on your investment while you wait and find the quote unquote next big thing in the college football world. Another name that I don't think is completely off the table, uh, Mike Norvell out of Florida state. If uh, he is that upset in the whole ACC kerfuffle, uh, as we like to say, um, what an exit. Go undefeated, win your conference. Of course, you got drubbed in, uh, a, in a bowl game against a, a team you'll probably see on the regular if you uh, if you get to the SEC championship game. But uh, you now don't have to worry about how, quote-unquote, the ACC won't let me be. Um, so, uh, yeah, I've heard of worse, worse landing spots if uh, Mike Norvell wants to uh, get out of Tallahassee. Well, I will stop you there because we got some breaking news. Um, Ross Dellinger reports that the NCAA is expected to bring unprecedented penalties for NIL-related violations by Florida State. Wait, don't know. What? No. I don't know that Mike Norvell's the guy. What? Um, yep. Is this on so, X or are you on Truth Social? What, no, what's Ross that? Dellinger. No, no, yeah, this, this is Ross Yahoo Dellinger. Sports. Oh my god. Um. So, and then I also have a, another update from Bruce Feldman that Tommy Reese, Mike Norvell, and Kalen DeBoer emerge as the top candidates at Alabama. So, could you imagine kind of Tommy just, Reese? Ugh. Yeah, that kind of just you know goes against of what I just said. But, you know, I, I think that everybody's talking about Jim Harbaugh having some issues with the NCAA. From the sound of it, it doesn't sound like Mike Norvell is going to be in their good graces. Okay, either, so. quick uh, quick glancing through this Yahoo sport. Uh, the sanctions, wide-ranging and broad, are tiered to a spring 2022 recruiting event on our part of a resolution negotiated between the school and the NCAA. A Florida State assistant coach, offensive coordinator, Alex Atkins is found to have committed two level two violations, which include impermissible recruiting activity and facilitating impermissible contact with an NIL related booster. Atkins is alleged to have driven a prospect and his parents to a meeting with a leading member of the school's NIL collective, the rising spear during that meeting, according to the NCAA, the booster encouraged the prospect to enroll at Florida state and offered him NIL opportunities with the collective worth approximately $15,000 per month during his first year at school in quote. So. Uh, oh, here we go. Uh, as part of the penalties, Atkins will be suspended for the first three games of the 2024 season is, and is given a two year show cause a show cause requires schools who hire Atkins to explain its decisions to NCAA officials, though Atkins is expected to remain on on FSU's staff in his current role. So it sounds like maybe Mike Norvell dodged a bullet there. Um, yeah, other penalties which were confirmed uh, by the NCAA this Thursday included two years of probation, scholarship reduction by five years over the next two academic years, a reduction by seven in official recruiting staff for the 2023-2024 season, 
a prohibition on recruiting communication for six weeks over the next two academic years, including next week, a um, prohibition on communication with athletes in the transfer portal uh, for a week in April, a reduction by 18 evaluation days this spring, and a financial penalty of 1% of the athletic department budget. So, uh, yeah, kind of what you're saying, Kevin, just glancing through this, it seems like Norvell was not named. It was just the OC uh, and Alex Atkins is being yep, specifically right. named as of now, according to Yahoo Sports. Wow. Uh, yeah. So that's I saw that right before we got on. And then I saw once you mentioned Mike Novell, I was like, eh, pump the brakes. <laughs> um, but I think, I mean, that second post that I just read, that says, you know, Reese, um, Kalen DeBoer, and and Norvell are the top three candidates. I think that that uh, that that's interesting. Um, I know we were talking about who we think is the next guy, and and nobody has mentioned Tommy Reese. No, uh, partially because of the fantastic job he did as the offensive coordinator this year, especially in the Ro- in the Rose Bowl game. Oh, he nailed it! He um, nailed it. So as a as a Tennessee fan, I would love to see Tommy Reese as the head coach of Alabama. I think that would be a fantastic hire. Um, personally, if you would have asked me this three years ago, without hesitation, the answer is Dabo Sweeney. I think after Clemson beat them in 2016 in the national championship game, Dabo Sweeney was the guy to replace Nick Saban. Um crazy how how much of a difference three years makes because i don't even you have students uh coming down to bryant denny saying chanting anyone but Dabo, yeah um (laughs) which is wild but so i I don't think it's going to be Dabo. uh until it's anybody but dan lanning i i think it's dan i i do think it ends up being dan lanning um i i know he released a hype video i know he said he's at oregon he's staying at oregon you know, coaches spew a lot of bullshit from their mouth. <laughs> um, and, I mean, and, they yeah. do, but to go to these lengths, especially in this day and age where players can now hit the transfer portal multiple times without penalty and, and without much, uh, you know, hurdles to jump through to get to their second, sometimes third school, I think Lanning would lose a whole lot of credibility if he dropped that video, gave his word, pounded his chest saying, I am staying in Eugene, Oregon, and then 72 hours turned around saying, cutting a CM Punk promo, I am home here in the WWE. Yeah, I'm not here to make friends. I'm here to make money. (laughs) I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. To borrow another line from uh, Pepsi man, uh, Phil Brooks that's that's that would be the that would be the line honestly um, with with this latest revelation coming out of uh florida state i think mike norvell may really end up being the next man in tuscaloosa because if he sees oh great the ncaa like and this is this might if correct me if i'm wrong guys is this the first really big ncaa infraction when it comes related to nil as far as i'm aware yeah, i don't know of any others so. yet so, like, like the NCAA came snooping around, hit his program, and this is after he already felt slighted by the bowl selection committee, leaving his team on the outside looking in, rightly or wrongly. We've already litigated this case in previous podcasts, um, and he feels like his conference didn't have their back. Um, he really 
might be very open to a phone call from the AD in Alabama. EJ is going to be the quarterback in Tuscaloosa next year. That's I right. love it. That's that's music <laughs> to my ears. <laughs> um, so, I mean, Justin, does does any of this new news sway you? Or what, what, what did you think, and then what do you think now? Um, well, I'll just say this about the Norvell thing, because he's a name that I've been throwing around mostly just to upset my girlfriend. Um, <laughs> Smart. <laughs> because I think it's funny. I mean, can you imagine going from such highs as going undefeated, winning the ACC championship, and then the lows that potentially Florida State fans could be experiencing on the other side of it? Yeah, you don't I'm make gonna, I'm going to stop you there. I'm going to stop you there. It's not going to be a low. Hold I on guarantee – let him talk, Kevin. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm all I'm doing is laying out a hypothetical. If you don't want me to do it, fine. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, I want to come back to what you're about to say, but yeah, go ahead. Nope. We're not coming back to it. I think <laughs> it's going to be either Lane Kiffin, not probably not Lane Kiffin. I know he's got some other things, but I just think he's a guy. One of the things we have to think about is who wants to come in after a legend, right? You you've got to have such an ego to think that you're gonna be able to go in and be successful and make your own way and make your own mark on the program. I think Kiffin thinks he could do it. Um, I think, sure. Does he have some skeletons in the closet? Yep. A lot of coaches do. Um, Now the issue is, did he burn bridges when he was at Alabama? I've heard some, some people saying that that's possible. I still think that if Alabama went looking around and maybe option number one, two, three didn't look likely, I think that they'd knock on his door and have a conversation. So I think it's it's possible, but maybe not likely. I think DeBoer is probably odds-on favorite for now. Um, but I think that one, you know, I, I don't, if I was Alabama, I don't think I'd go with James Franklin. I know he's a name that's been thrown out there, but I just don't think, I mean, he's got the SEC experience, but the big knock on him is a big game performance. Um, so I, I, and I don't know, I, I'm just not sure he would, win the hearts and minds that Alabama because they're, they're going to want they're either going to want to make a splash higher or they're going to bring in a guy who is going to hold the torch for a few years until they can get their guy so I, I don't think that's James Franklin um but Norvell would be really interesting because of all I, that so if they if they go the route of a guy that's going to hold the torch that's Tommy Reese that's yeah. definitely Tommy Reese um, if they go for the splash higher, Norvell is Norvell's a splash higher. The reason that I wanted to that I wanted to stop you was because you were talking about the highs and lows. You know, the lows of being undefeated and being left out of the playoff, and then your coach leaving you. I don't think there's a chance in the world that if Norvell left, Deion Sanders is not on that sideline next year. Not a chance in the world that he's not there. Ooh. I think if Norvell leaves, Dion's coming. I and and Florida State fans, I'm sure you can ask your girlfriend Justin, would be over the moon to have Dion back. I they would they would take Norvell to the airport and say, All right, buddy, let's go. Come on. Dion's coming home. Because Sure, he went four and eight this year, but he's Deion Sanders. You know what I mean? I mean, it's like all eyes are going to be on Florida State even more than they already would. 
Um, so if it is Norvell, I, I'd be shocked if Dion's not the coach at Florida State. And I know he said, I'm not going to coach at Florida State. I don't want to go back there, yada, yada, yada. He, he'll be at Florida State. And I'm if I remember days. correctly, Dion kind of got his feelings hurt when he got bypassed when they hired Norvell at Florida State a few years ago, didn't yeah. he? Yeah, he, he was upset about it. He the, he can sit there and say, oh, I don't want to go there. I don't want to go there all he wants to. Until they offer it to him. Until they offer it to him. And they don't even, I don't even think they have to pay him that much money. He could probably make more than he's making at, less than he's making at Colorado, and he'd still go there. I'm, I mean, it's, it's the same thing. I know we, this, this, I'll bring it to Tennessee. It's the same thing about Hypel in Oklahoma. It's the fear that's in the back of my mind all the time. If, mm-hmm. if Oklahoma comes to Hypel, I'm not convinced that Hypel's not going to leave. You mean he won, he won there, he, he played there, he won there. It's, it's, his, it's his place. There's nothing like coaching for your alma mater. And so I, I don't think that, you know, I don't think if Florida State called that Dion would say, oh, no, I'm good in Colorado, he, he'd be there. I also don't think that if, to your point, Justin, if, if Alabama called, Lane, Lane is going in a heartbeat. I, the 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 stopper there would be Alabama telling Lane no because you know that Lane's already called like eighty times being like please please take me please I'll come work but, for free I don't care but Lane calls every off season to every big job he, he we know he tried to get the LSU job when they hired Brian Kelly you we know he tried to get the Texas A and M job when they hired Jimbo I mean like any big profile job that comes open Lane Kiffin or his agent reaches out and says hey we got this hot commodity over here in um, in Ole Miss uh, he can he can light up a scoreboard uh, real easy you, you you want the lane train to come pulling into town? And, I mean, it, it, he's, he's a hell of a football coach. But, again, Jay said it, it. He has skeletons, and every coach does to a certain extent. But, I mean, damn, some of those skeletons are allegedly toxic. So, Yeah, so we will see what comes with Alabama. Um, the other big-name coaching job that became open, uh, literally, like, eight hours later, 12 hours later, something like that, was Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots decided to part ways after, I think it was 16 seasons. No, it's been longer than that. 24 seasons, maybe. Um, six Super Bowls, uh, six playoff or more playoff appearances. I, I will, I'd be hard-pressed to mention. 24 seasons, six Super Bowl titles. Thank you. Yeah, I'd be hard pressed not to mention that he did not win a playoff game nor make the playoffs without Tom Brady. Um, but just throwing that out there. <laughs> but um, came really close that one year. He had to roll with Matt Castle. <laughs> that's right. Um, but I will say, you know, Belichick is a legend in his own, um, and he leaves the Patriots after a hell of a run. The difference in Belichick and Saban is that Belichick's not retiring. Belichick is going to continue to coach and I'm interested to see where he goes. I think a lot of signs point that he's going to Washington. He went to Navy. He loves Navy. Um, and, and Navy is of course close to, to Washington uh, where the commanders play. Uh, I, I do think that I could, I could see that. Um, 
Other report came out today that Atlanta might be looking to get Belichick, which would be an interesting fit. Um, but I, I think, I, I do think that he ends up with the commanders. My question is, who do you guys think the Patriots hire? I think that there's one name that, uh, that the three of us will probably agree on that seems like more of a shoe-in than anybody that we've talked about going to Alabama. I think that this job is already, they're just waiting on this guy to sign on the dotted line because I think it's already probably done. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's, it's Mike Brable's Gronk. job to say no to. <laughs> yeah. That's I agree. I think it's it's and 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 like as a Titans death. fan, it it pains me that Mike Vrabel is not going to be walking the sidelines in the six one five next season. Um, I and I'll I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Um, a mistake, probably not probably definitely by the Titans to fire Vrabel. Um, a hell of a coach. He's in the Patriots Ring of Honor. At his Ring of Honor ceremony, he he mentioned that he would love to play, coach the Patriots. Um, you know, I mean, it feels like he's been waiting for Belichick to sail off into the sunset to take this job, and the timing just was perfectly. Um, I do so have I, to I, wonder if if uh, Vrabel becoming available, which I mean, for whatever reason, there had been smoke. In coming out of Nashville, that this was going to happen for the last, I guess, month, six weeks. Uh, I do have to wonder if Vrabel being uh, available kind of made Kraft and Belichick be like, okay, this this isn't working. Bill, why don't you go look at your other options? Yeah, I kind of agree with you. I do think that I do think this was Bill's last year. Any anyway, uh, you kind of got that since early on in the season, like week six, week seven, uh, the rumor started to swirl that Bill was not going to be coming back next year. Um, and then, you know, the ice, you know, I, I think that if Rabel stayed with the Titans, McDaniels was the guy there. They were going to bring Josh McDaniels in, um, which I think that would have been a terrible hire for the Patriots. It would have, uh, yes. Mm-hmm. Dude cannot coach to save his life. Um, hell of an offensive coordinator, terrible head coach. Just kind of like in in the later years, uh, Bill Belichick proved a good football coach, terrible GM. Yep, yep. I saw something today that said the GM Bill Belichick is what got head coach Bill Belichick fired. One thousand percent. And I I honestly think that that's that's what the downfall was. I think uh, Robert Kraft went to him and said, hey, if you want to keep coaching, that's fine. But we're bringing in somebody to run the player personnel side and Belichick being, well, Belichick said no to that. Um, but I do think Vrabel ends up there. Uh, it'd be interesting to see maybe a certain quarterback comes back and decides to be an offensive coordinator with Vrabel, but I don't think he's Manning. Do that. I think <laughs> <laughs> that would be a hire. John Gruden. Wait, wait, damn it! I forgot to say John Gruden's going to be the coach in Alabama. Come on, Landon. <laughs> that's a that's a given, though. You know, everybody knows that the groomers Let's start are the swirling. groomers back up. Fire. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but I would, I'd be intrigued to see if Brady comes back because Brady's beef wasn't with Kraft. It wasn't with the Patriots. It was with Belichick. Um, so interested to see if, if he might come back, but I, I doubt it. I think he's fine collecting his, I believe it was like a hundred million dollar check from Fox to be an analyst and not analyze games. 
Oh um, yeah, so. yeah, that, yeah. That, it, isn't he supposed to start quote unquote working the, uh, next season? Allegedly, that's what they right. say, but mm-hmm. I doubt it. Um, so Jr. Are, are are we three for three? Vrabel's gonna gonna be the man to replace Hoodie in in New England. Yep, I'm on board. Although I really wanted I like it to it. be Gronk. I would love Gronk. Gronk oh, on the sidelines would be a hell of a time, buddy. I'd buy me a Patriots hoodie and be all in. One thousand percent. I would just tune in for the party. Like, like, yeah. like they score a touchdown. The coach runs out there and, and and he like 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 uh shotguns a keg and then crushes it on his head. That would be great. Oh, you know that he would have, um, you know he'd have white claws on the sideline for certain. <laughs> So can I can I throw out a, a a hot take or maybe a mild take? Jim Harbaugh. No, no. Okay. Even with Bill Belichick entering the coaching pool, Mike Vrabel is still the most sought after coach this offseason. Oh, I think you're one hundred percent correct. So 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 that's not even a hot take. Yeah, no, I don't think it is. I I mean I it might be a hot take, but I think you're a hundred percent correct. Okay. I think right. that I think that Vrabel is has shown that he is a really good head coach. Um and Belichick's Belichick's getting old too. Um seventy one. Yeah, so I I'll say this. Even with the Patriots job becoming open, I don't think that that's the most lucrative, enticing job of all of the jobs that are open in the NFL. Can I, can I ask a question really quick though, about the Patriots job? So I was just doing a quick ma- uh, <laughs> Google uh, because um, I was wondering what happened to Gerard Mayo. Um, yep. And so I'm looking at this NBC sports.com article and it's saying that there's some language in his contract that he is supposed to sort of be like a coach in waiting or a strong like, I, I don't know exactly, I'm trying to read it quickly, but it, it essentially says Mayo's already the choice unless he isn't to replace Bill Belichick. My understanding is it's going to be Vrabel, and then if it's not Vrabel, it's going to be Mayo. But yeah, then again, I think- like, I, I don't have access to Gerard Mayo's contract. Like, if, yeah, I- if, if Vrabel wasn't the option... It was gonna be Mayo. I, I like, like I know Josh McDaniel is out there, but I think Josh McDaniel has shown at least twice um, he doesn't have the uh, chutzpah to be an NFL coach. Like Kevin said, hell of an OC, not so much uh, being the head man, but Gerard Mayo has been Belichick's right hand man for several years at this point, and it kind of been that coach in waiting. But yeah. enter the uh, X factor in. Uh, Mike Vrabel being available. Okay. Yeah, All the right. difference in Vrabel and Mayo is that Vrabel, <clears throat> he has his jersey retired. Br- right. Mayo doesn't. <laughs> and and Vrabel was was uh, a half away from leading the Tennessee Titans to the Super Bowl on the road yeah. in Kansas City in 2019. Yeah, I mean, Mayo's a hell of a coach. And if Vrabel does say no, which that would be stunning if he said no, I, I do think it will be Mayo. Um, because okay. I did see that same thing that you that you saw, Justin, was that he's kind of like been the coach in waiting, and that it is in his contract. I do believe that Vrabel and um, Mayo are buddies, though. I, I think they were on the team at the same time. I think Mayo will be like 
I'll stay here and be the DC if you want me to. And under you as the head coach, like I, I'm all right with that. I do, I do say, I do think Gerard Mayo will do that. Okay. Um, Sorry to derail. I just happened. To oh, no, fair question. No. And, 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 and Gerard Mayo didn't need it to be brought up because I mean, like, like I said, if Rabel wasn't an option, Gerard Mayo probably would have been introduced at that press conference. We're recording this on Thursday. He would have been brought up at the press conference this afternoon when Belichick announced he was stepping down and also opened that press conference with a Tim Tebow joke. Did not expect that from that, the hoodie. I'm surprised that I'm honestly surprised Rabel wasn't there to be introduced at right. the same time. Well, well, you you know how the NFL is. You got to go through the through the song and dance of interviewing coaches and stuff like that. Fake interviews, otherwise Um, collusion. Yeah, (laughs) Um, but I I I will say I do think that the the Patriots job is not the most enticing job. Um, A lot of people think the Chargers job is the most enticing job. Another job that opened up this week: Pete Carroll left the Seahawks. Yeah, poor uh, Pete Carroll. Yeah, dude, dude is one of three coaches to win both a national championship on the collegiate level and a Super Bowl in the NFL. He steps down as his coach, doesn't even get like an hour to uh, to be the main news story. Nick Saban retires uh, an hour later, and then like twelve hours later, Bill Belichick steps down, and then Pete Carroll's like, "What the hell, guys?" Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that that is wild. Um, that, that kind of got swept under the rug, but I think Seattle's a hell of a team and, and they have, they're a very young team and I'd be interested to see who takes that job. I I know that they're eyeing Dan Quinn, but it it would be interesting to see who, who Seattle gets young Um, everywhere, except where it matters at quarterback. They have one big giant question mark. Geno Smith is not uh, the answer for the future. And honestly, he might not be the answer for the now. Yeah, Drew Locke ain't too hot either. So Oof. maybe they make a tra- maybe they trade with the Bears for Justin Fields. Ooh, baby, that would be hot. Um, I'm still in on the Fields bandwagon. Oh, me too, me too. Um, I, I I honestly think the Bears should trade the number one pick away, get capital, and build around Fields. That's just me though. I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, but we'll talk more NFL draft the closer that it gets. Uh, I did want to hit real quick before we dive into our NFL preview sl- or playoff preview slash pub dubs uh, because we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the balls at all. Uh, they win <laughs> this week. They, they played They played two games since we last recorded. They, they won against Ole Miss. They shellacked Ole Miss 90-64 to in Thompson Bowling Arena to open up SEC play. And then they followed it up with a big fat dud in Starkville against Mississippi State where they lose 77-72. So they go one and one. Uh, you know, Zaka- I will say Zakai Ziggler is getting hot. Uh, he became, I believe he became the ball's all-time leader in double-doubles on Saturday against Ole Miss. Um, balled it up with a 26-point game against Mississippi State. Um, the, the bright side... Of Tennessee losing to Mississippi State is that number one, two, three, and nine lost all week this this week too. Um, mm-hmm. So it's been a chaotic week in college basketball. I'm going to the Tennessee Florida game. My fingers were crossed that I'd be seeing like a top two, top one Tennessee volunteer, top one, <laughs> top one Tennessee volunteer team playing. Uh, that does not appear to be the case. <laughs> so. 
I guess I'll settle for a top 10 because I doubt Tennessee's going to drop out of the top 10 uh, with all those teams losing as well. Um, so with that, the playoffs, it's playoff time. Uh, the NFL playoffs are starting on Saturday. We have super wild card weekend. We got games Saturday, we got games Sunday, and we got a game on Monday as well. Um, we're going to end, we're going to use this, uh, with our pub dubs as well. Uh, those come back this week and our pub dubs of course are the wild card games. Um, but before we dive into picking those, I do want to do kind of like a, a quick preview, um, with you guys, the, I guess I'll start with a one upset. Well, we'll save that. We'll save that for the pub dubs and we'll circle back with that. Um, how about this one? How about the AFC slash NFC championship game prediction? Who do you think is playing in the AFC championship game? And who do you think is playing in the NFC championship game? I will start with you, Justin. Who do you think? Oh, with me? He's playing in the AFC championship game. Come back to me. I don't know. I, I have a oh, no, no. Number me. one picks I've first. O- Those are the rules, baby. I've, o- I've only had a week to prepare, damn it. Come back to me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'll start if you want me to. I will start. No, no, no. I'll do it. I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it. Um, I'm going to say... See, we're also sort of giving away a little bit here for pub dubs, but, you know, it's okay. Um. I'll go with I I would like to see the the Lions make it. Um Whoa. in the NFC Championship game? I would like to see the Lions make it to the NFC Championship game and I'd like to see them play Oh. Why don't we say <laughs> I really should have thought about this. I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. And I just no, decided I decided okay. not to think about it. Um, <laughs> I'm going to push. I'm procrastinating. I'm, I'm just going to take Kevin's answer. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> no, that's not. I, I, I just needed, <laughs> I needed to look at it. Um, I'll say the Ravens. Ravens and Ravens Lions. In the, in the Super Bowl or in the NFC Championship game? The Ravens can't play in the NFC Championship game. No, yeah, I was thinking the Super Bowl. Yeah. They're that good. <laughs> No, I, okay. I I skipped right to the Super Bowl. <laughs> you did. I was, I, and really, I asked who's going to play in the AFC oh, sorry. championship game. <laughs> you went NFC. I skipped that's it. That's fine, though. <laughs> there, there, that's my Super Bowl match. <laughs> that's your Super Bowl. Ravens-Lions. Okay, I wow, like it. All right. <laughs> Go ahead. And who, who's your <laughs> AFC championship game prediction? <laughs> so we're going AFC championship game? Yeah, you can go ahead and do both, AFC and NFC, and then I'll do both. Okay, uh, AFC, I am going to go one seed Baltimore, hosting a team that I said I did not think was very good. And ever since I said that, they fired their offensive coordinator and have played like a completely different team. Dot, 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 as long as Josh Allen doesn't uh, turn into the turnover machine and, you know, you can just live with him having a couple turnovers as opposed to like you know five uh i think it's going to be baltimore and buffalo in the afc championship game and then in the nfc side i'm also going to go with the other one seed san francisco 49ers hosting just an nfc classic give me dallas cowboys taking on uh the 49ers one two matchup they have, right the, there. Same. 
We have the same. We have Do we same. really? Um, yeah. <laughs> Great. Uh, for so the same not, reasons. So it's not going to happen. Uh, yeah. Well, maybe not. Well, Justin didn't have the same. Um, yeah, I did. But for the, that's for, what I was. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. Oh, <laughs> no, you said the Lions. <laughs> you said the Lions. <laughs> it's going to be a three-way matchup in the <laughs> NFC. It's going to be 49ers, <laughs> Cowboys, <laughs> and uh, and the Lions in a, a in a three-way uh, matchup. You know, it's, it's, it's yeah, one of those. Triple threat. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. But to your point about the Bills and the Ravens, um, I, I I agree. I I hate being all chalk because I don't know that that very rare that that happens often. That being said, I think the two the the two one and two seeds in the AFC and NFC are just so much better than everybody else, uh, especially with Buffalo. If Josh Allen, I told this to my grandfather this week because we were talking about it. Josh Allen's like a little snowball, okay, and he's coming down the hill. And that little snowball, as it comes down the hill, it becomes harder and harder to stop. And then before you know it, that snowball is like a freaking huge, just snow boulder coming at you. And you just can't stop it. And I think that's how Josh Allen is. Buffalo is playing the best football out of anybody in the playoffs. They're, I think they're on a five-game win streak. Like you said, Landon, they're a totally different team after they fired their offensive coordinator. Um Josh Allen, yes, he still makes the mistakes. We saw that Sunday night against the Dolphins. Um, he still makes the mistakes. He also still makes the plays that are needed to win the football game. And and so that's why I think the Bills will be there. The Ravens, I mean, I don't think that they'll have to play Kansas City. If, if Kansas City and Buffalo win, that's who's going to play in round two. So they're going to be avoiding Kansas City. And who else in the AFC can beat the Ravens <laughs> besides the chiefs and the bills? Like mm-hmm. are the Browns going to go to Baltimore and win? I don't think so. Um, so, so I do, I do like the Ravens. And then the other side, uh, the Cowboys and the Niners. I mean, the NFC is weak. I think the AFC is a lot better than the NFC. That being said, these two teams are the top are the cream of the crop, obviously in the NFC. That's why they're the one seed and the two seed. I feel like all the other teams in the NFC have kind of backed into the playoffs, especially we're going to talk about it coming up in just a second. Um, the Philadelphia Eagles Gosh. have just looked miserable uh, coming into the playoffs. I mean, a month was... and a half ago, it felt like Philly could could be one of those teams that could challenge for the Super Bowl. But I mean, like they have fallen apart, and and now and, and now they're dealing with with injuries. Uh, Jalen Hurts yep. and AJ Brown. Not to mention their defense has turned into Swiss freaking cheese. Gosh, and Devontae Smith mm-hmm. is hurt as well. You know, oh, they are. There you go. They are. They are struggling. If um, they were playing anybody but the Bucks, I don't. If, Philly really might be one and done. Yeah, well, we'll come to that. Um, so, but my Super Bowl prediction, I do have the Bills winning the AFC and I have them beating the Cowboys. Strangely enough, that's what I said before the season started. Bills, Cowboys, and the Super Bowl. And I'm staying with it. I'm, but I think I had the Cowboys winning the Super Bowl before the season started. I think I flipped it uh, to the Bills this time around. Um, so I've got the Bills and the Cowboys in the Super Bowl. i got Bills winning. Um Landon, who do you have in your Super Bowl and who do you have winning? Uh, I hate to go chalk, but I am. Uh, I think 
I'm not a Cowboys fan, but part of me feels bad for going against them because if they're not going to do it now, then when? Because Dak Prescott is playing the best football of his career. Uh, CeeDee Lamb has turned into maybe the best wide receiver in the entire league. That defense is incredible, but I think just the parts of San Francisco, when you put them together, it's like the, the freaking uh, Power Rangers uh, putting together uh, the, the the Megazord or whatever, and they're unstoppable, even with Brock Purdy as the quarterback. I think the 49ers uh, win the NFC, and as boring as it is, I think the other one seed uh, in Baltimore wins the AFC. Uh, Baltimore, I think, is head and shoulders above everybody else in the AFC, and uh, – in a surprise move, I think even though they lost their regular season matchup in kind of ugly fashion, I think the 49ers find a way to win in the Super Bowl. I like it. That's that's a good deal. Um that's it that's it. That's a good predict prediction. Justin and, and also I have a futures ticket on uh, on the NFC to win the Super Bowl. And but and, the, and I placed that bet before the Eagles just completely fell apart. Mm. <clears throat> Go ahead. Uh, so I've got the Lions and Ravens in the Super Bowl, and I'm gonna pick the Cowboys. To, no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> to run in, they're cashing in their money in the bank contract. <laughs> no, uh, I, I I'm gonna go. With, I, I'm gonna go with the Ravens to win the Super Bowl in my matchup, but and that'll be very disappointing for Lions fans who have been waiting for so so long for their championship. Oh. We got some more information. Uh, Landon, you're Patriots. No, no, no. Uh, Landon, you might be intrigued with this. This is baseball news. The Yankees have just signed Marcus Stroman. So, former Cub coming to the Bronx. Really? I like it. I like it. Um, I like it. Good deal. Good deal. All right, back to football. We'll talk baseball next week, but the Stro Show in the BX. Interesting. Don't call it the um, BX. Nobody calls it that. <laughs> we call it the BX. Yankees fans call it that. Chill out. No, they don't. Um, yes, yes, we do. Yes, we no. do. Uh, <laughs> Is a lifelong right, Yankees so, fan? No, they don't. <laughs> um, <laughs> so with that, I guess we could go ahead and transition into our pub dubs where we'll talk more about these wild card games. Justin, this is Hi. your baby. You got it, man. Lead us into the pub dubs. Oh shit. Was I supposed to put pub dubs together? Oh um, man, I forgot about that too. Wait, we record a podcast. <laughs> I thought we were just hanging out. guys. Is that what we're doing? <laughs> um, yeah. So I do have pub dubs for us and it is NFL wild card edition. And this week our pub dubs are brought to you by Sam Goody. Do you know what Sam Goody is, Kevin? I'm going to be honest. I did not know what that was. We had to do a little pre, pre-show pre research on what Wait, Sam Goody was. We? Landon, you didn't know what it was either? No, of no, course no, I did. I, yeah, I oh. did. And, and Kevin's like, what is that? And 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 then I was like, yeah, it's a, it's like FYE. And he's like, oh, okay, I know what that is. And then like it went, it turned into us going down a uh, a Wikipedia rabbit hole and, and discovering so much about Sam Goody, such as, did you know that it was named after Sam Goody? 
Gawatsky or Sam Goody Gawatsky, born in 1904, who passed away in 1901, who lived in New York City, opening a small record store in New York's Ninth Avenue shortly after the advent of the vinyl long playing records of the 1940s. Did you know that, Jay? Yeah, I did. Oh, of course. Yeah, of course you know that. <laughs> um, no, of course not. I just picked it because uh, I, I was looking for an old big brand that is no longer with us. Sam Goody ruled the world of, of malls for a while. That they uh, did. Yeah. So anyway. And Jay, did you know that as of 2022, there were a whole two locations of Sam Goody left, including, including one in the center of Tallahassee in Tallahassee, Florida. Hmm. Very interesting. I didn't know that. And also in February of 2020, parent <laughs> company Transworld sold Sam Goody's parent FYE to Sun Records for approximately $11 million, which translates to $12.3 million in 2022 <laughs> money. Well, I didn't intend for this to be a Sam Goody history lesson. This is pub dubs, ladies and gentlemen. Um, and the joke is that the brand doesn't really exist anymore. Okay, let's get into it. Um, oh, also, I had a question for the the team here. Are we going to say at the end of the football season, like post Super Bowl, that that like the overall records get reset, or we just or we just keep it rolling? What do we do? I, we hadn't really talked about it. Maybe that's an oh. off-air conversation. Oh, yeah, that's 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 an off-air conversation. Okay. But yeah, there. Uh, yeah, there yeah. definitely feels what? feels like there needs to be a be a cutoff. Why don't we discuss it right now? We can discuss it for the people. Okay. Um, for the content. Okay. Wait, no, that's uh, yeah, McAfee. For the content. Yeah. I mean, content. I was personally, yeah. <laughs> because I, I know you guys don't love picking like. Um, NBA games, NHL games, things like that. And I was going to. What are you talking about? I have I have money on the Islanders uh, Maple Leafs game right now. I was going to get very silly with the pub dubs and pick like really random stuff, but I mean, would it make more sense to just make this a football season activity, or what? What do you think? I don't know. It's up to you guys. Let's reset after the calendar year. Start in fresh zero zero, all across the board. I don't know if I love that because I feel like we. I feel like we're we rolling through like we just got done with the the bowl championship, which I won, by the way. Um, and now, like, I kind of feel like I don't know that the calendar year makes sense because now we're in the football. No, I'm going to tell you what it is. I know what you you're scared that me and Landon, with our superior knowledge of baseball, are going to catch you. That's all it is. Like, if it's well, a calendar year, we'll we'll a- build such a lead. We'll build such a lead in the spring and the summer that you will not be able to catch up in in the fall. That's fine. I I can go against that logic by saying I'm suggesting at the end of the football season we reset to zero, which means you would still do that. Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think that's it, Kevin. (laughs) Okay, anyway, we'll talk about it Let's reset at the end of the football season. Okay. That's fine. That doesn't make more sense. All right. That way, I'm glad we had this conversation. Going into this was this was this was content. Was it was it content? You know, I make a stupid point. Landon's like, "That's a stupid point," and Justin's like, "All right, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to say that's a stupid point, but yes, that was a stupid point." <laughs> I didn't say point. it was a stupid point. I'm more than I'm more. Landon Doan, smiling politely. <laughs> All right. Well, 
let's just see if you're smiling politely after this round of pub dubs. Okay. NFL playoff edition Saturday, American professional tackle football. We start with the dolphins versus chiefs. The dolphins are going to Kansas city and it's going to be, I think negative eight degrees or something. Uh, Kansas city is minus four and a half this game. And I know, uh, we, we established a new rule that the leader in the clubhouse has to go first. So I'm picking Kansas city in this one. Landed. Uh, yeah, I am going to take Kansas city. What, what's the line minus four and a half, yeah. something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you talk about the, uh, temperature for the game. Uh, it is going to, let's see Saturday's high temperature is forecasted to reach just just 11 degrees and dip into an overnight low of negative five degrees. Uh, however, kickoff time, uh, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, the temperature is going to hover around five degrees. And that's not to talk about what the wind chill is going to be. This is going to be dangerously low. And the NFL has already said that they're not going to even think about changing this game uh, despite the weather. Um, and I think I saw a stat like if Miami goes anywhere that thinks about being, you know, cold, uh, they just close up shop. Uh, Despite the fact that Kansas City and their offense has just uh, been struggling, so to speak, I think the uh, weather is going to play a much bigger factor than Miami wants it to. Give me Kansas City to take care of business and uh, freeze Tua and the Dolphins out on the road. By the way, this game is going to be available exclusively on Peacock. So everybody plan accordingly and sign up for Peacock to watch this game. Wonderful. Yeah, great job, NFL. Yeah. Kevin, what do you think? A playoff game on the cock. I love it. Um, <laughs> had to. I'm sorry. Um, I am also going with the Chiefs. A girl's going to be in attendance. Um, she's never. I don't know that she's ever seen a playoff game before, and she's going to be rooting on her man in the playoffs. Um, so you know, whatever. But I'm sure we're going to get a lot of Taylor Swift. Uh, you know, coverage. Um, maybe, you know, maybe on Peacock, they'll do like a Taylor Swift cam, like an, Oh, there we go. Yeah. (laughs) Sign me the hell up. That's all I'm going to watch. Forget the game. Um, I will say that the, the dolphins are not a very good cold weather team and the weather being the way that it is, it's going to be trouble for them. So Hmm. give me the chiefs. All right. So say we all. Matchup number two, we're going to Houston. The Browns are bringing down Joe Flacco and his resurrected career to play, take on Houston. Um, Cleveland right now favored minus two and a half um, in Houston. Um, I believe in C.J. Stroud. I'm taking the Texans to pull the upset on this one. Kevin. Yeah, I... I like the Browns. Call me chalky. Joe Flacco is is a a great quarterback in the postseason. Uh, <laughs> I can't believe I just said that sentence, but he is. And so the Browns are also playing really good football. Um, the Texans are too, but I just think that the Browns got what it takes to go 
go to Houston and get that win. So I'll take the Browns. All right. The Browns, you've got what it takes. Landon, do you think they've got what it takes? Uh, in fact, I do. And Kevin, I'll call you uh, chalky if you want me to. But actually, uh, Cleveland is the five seed going on the road and is a road favorite going up against the surprising AFC South champions in Houston. Oh, um, this this Cleveland team has been dealt injury after injury. They lost star running back Nick Chubb early in the season. They lost uh, Deshaun Watson, their starting quarterback. Joe Flacco is their fourth starting quarterback. Uh, Deshaun Watson, uh, rookie Dorian Thompson Robinson. Um, uh, oh, uh, what was the? Um, I forgot who they started in Week 18. But uh, Joe Flacco is inexplicably back from the dead, so to speak, um, to start for this Cleveland team. Um, uh, and they keep getting it done, particularly with that vaunted Cleveland defense. Uh, Houston has been one of the better stories, so to speak, of the 2023 season. A surprising story being told down in Houston. Uh, good job from first-year coach uh, D'Amico Ryans, uh, but I think their storybook comes to a close as Cleveland and that defense slams it shut Saturday. I didn't realize that Houston was a home dog. I'm changing my pick to Houston. And and <laughs> and I'm not saying that that they're going to win the Super Bowl, but if you want an underdog that could be an agent of chaos, particularly in the AFC, Cleveland Browns because defense wins championships and this and that offense can do just enough to get by. I'm just yeah, saying. I do say the Browns play a lot better at home than they do on the road, and I don't know. Um, I think there's a tough first round matchup for them. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. I might make that my double dog. Put a put a little. I, yeah, I'm gonna do it. I'm doing it. That's my double dog. I'm Wait, hold on. Uh, Flacco might dog. actually. It, Flacco was the fourth, but I think the Browns. Yeah, when when, when they started uh, Jeff Driscoll in Week 18, they started five starting quarterbacks this year. Five. Right. Okay. Very exciting for the Browns. I don't think the Browns fans even believe uh, that they're going to do much in the in the playoffs. But, you know, they have similar issues as ball fans. Um, history of failure. All right. And On the common Sunday. thread there is Jimmy Haslam. Oh, that's true. I was going to say <laughs> and orange. Cause and effect, you be the judge. No, no, it's not a cause and effect. Yeah. All right. All right. Now we're jumping to Sunday. We've got the Steelers versus the Bills. I feel like... Uh, I should just go down the list here and put Bills. Is anyone going against the Bills? It's Bills. No one circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Woo. All right, so that's all Bills all the time. Even even with that big number, I think I think Buffalo wins and they win comfortably. Yeah, minus ten. They're a home team, minus ten, and it'll probably be minus ten in Buffalo. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and now we got Packers and Cowboys. I think again, this is going to be a so say we all right. Dallas minus seven and a half Cowboys. I think we all we all got the Cowboys here. Cowboys right? cover. I, I I think Packers put up a fight, but Cowboys Cowboys do cover. Yeah. All right. More interesting matchup: Rams versus Lions. Now, my Super Bowl Lions are are you know going to show you all that you shouldn't doubt them. I'm I'm going Lions. Uh, Landon, who have you got in this one? Ugh. It would be a hell of a story if the Lions, after for so long, were able to make a deep playoff run. But the uh, 
prodigal son in Matthew Stafford returns to Detroit after winning his Super Bowl ring and the Rams are playing some really good football right now. Matthew Stafford's playing some really good football. They got uh, what Kyron Williams in the backfield. They got two really good receivers in Cooper Cup. And if he's not the rookie of the year, he's going to finish two in the voting for rookie of the year in Puka Nakua. Um, and that defense is playing really good too, inexplicably after losing pretty much all but one or two players off that uh, defense that won the Super Bowl couple years back um the Lions do we know if Sam Laporta is playing because I know he got hurt in the final regular season game last week no he is not playing he's out oof ooh that is a mm. Detroit I'm sorry give me uh give me the Rams to take care of business on the road Rams Kevin I want the Lions to win because I I I want Jared Goff to get his revenge against um against Sean McVay and the Rams. But with Sam Laporto being hurt, I do think that it's the Rams. Uh oh crap, Kevin's agreeing with me. I'm gonna lose this pick. Yeah, I do think it's the Rams. Do you all want to make that your double dog? <laughs> no. No, I'm not. Okay. All right. That takes us to Monday night, the final matchup of playoff or wild card weekend. No, it's no, no. The- Super wild card weekend, as Super. they call it now. Gross. Super. Are we allowed to say that? Well, well, that's yeah. what the NFL branded it. So I, I guess we have to legally call it, just like we now have to legally call Thompson Bowling uh, Arena the Food City Center at Thompson Bowling Arena. Sure. That's yeah. the worst. It, yeah, I don't like it. Um, all right. Monday night, Eagles at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Eagles are favored. Minus three going into the road games. We got another home dog. Um, and I'm going to take the Buccaneers in this one. I, I'm going road or home dog. I'm going home dog and taking the Buccaneers. I think Baker Mayfield gets it done. And Jalen Hurts with his crooked finger, he he doesn't quite get the job done. No tush push tonight. Um, Kevin, this is also my double dog. <laughs> um, no, you didn't make the. Did you make this your double dog? Did you? Just no, say I did that? the. I did the. Uh, okay. uh, Browns Texans. Okay, okay, okay. This is my double dog. Okay. Um, we had talked earlier about how the rent, how the Eagles have backed their way into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. J- listening to a podcast earlier today um, and they were talking about how Jalen Hurts and the Eagles offense does not do very well against pressure hence why they lost 27 to 10 to the Giants while they were playing all of their starters the Eagles were and they still lost 27 to 10 <laughs> to the New York Giants is that bad um, that's very bad. <laughs> That's very bad. <laughs> um, Jalen Hurst doesn't do well under pressure, and it's not a good matchup to go uh, up against Todd Bowles and that defense that is creating new ways to pressure the quarterback. So I will be going with the Bucks to win at home. The Eagles, who, like Landon had said, 
maybe a month ago we thought was prop was one was the best team in the NFL will be taking a first round exit in Tampa Bay. Oof. Damn. The Eagles have landed. Wow, what a turnaround that would be. Going going from uh, a very controversial call away from winning the Super Bowl to a first-round exit to a really bad NFC South champion. Mm. Really bad. I mean, I mean, the Bucs only won because somebody had to win that division. <laughs> that's, that's the truth. And, and they get to host a game. Um, I'm not saying that Tampa is like a hard place to play, but... I mean, they do have that's, a pirate ship, so that's you know, true. it's not that's Philadelphia. True. It's very threatening. Yep, they got cannons and stuff. They got full ass cannons. <laughs> if you <laughs> not beat them, just they'll cannons, blow you up. Full ass cannons. They're loaded. Those yeah. cannons are loaded, yeah. ready yeah, to you fire. Don't, you, you don't want to mess with ass cannons, especially when they're full ass cannons. <laughs> Landon, are, are you ready to fire your full ass cannon and make your pick here? Oh baby, I've been firing my ass cannon all all episode. I'm just been muting myself. So in a matchup between uh this Eagles team and this Buccaneers team, I am going to bed because this is going to be terrible. And also I might be sleeping at the radio station because Monday night we're expecting one to three inches of snow and or ice. So um but uh yeah, I I'm going to go with the Eagles, Uh, even though they've been playing really, really bad, dropping five of the last six, dealing with injuries over uh, over the particularly the last couple games, particularly the last game of the season. It's still Baker Mayfield, and I can't in good conscience say, yeah, Baker Mayfield's going to win a playoff game against the defending NFC champions, even though they're hosting. So give me the. E A G L E S Eagles. The Eagles are going to be living life in the fast lane all the way to the next round of the playoffs. Oh yeah. That band did sing that song. Yeah. All right. There we go. Pub dubs week 19 in the books. And just to keep everyone abreast of the situation, I am leading the overall records 55 and 40 Landon's in second 51 41 and Kevin bringing up the real rear. 39 and 55 a losing record for Kevin. Do not bet the mortgage on anything. Kevin said (laughs) new year. Otherwise you will be living with Kevin. (laughs) I got room in the basement. It's all right. New year, new me. You know, that's, that's what, that's what we're going with. I'm going to start out hot this year. Um, So with that, that concludes this evening's episode. We hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, Be sure to follow us on the social medias at, at boozy sports pod. Um, and you can tweet along with us and post along with us as we watch super wild card weekend. Um, I want to thank Joe for producing and making us sound good. I want to thank you guys for getting on here. And, uh, I am very much so looking forward to next week's episode where we're going to be talking about the baseball hall of fame. Like again, another teaser, Um, That's what we that's what we call that in the business. So until next week, we hope you guys have a great week and a great weekend and enjoy your super wild card weekend. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Moonshine and Scoreboards. 
Moonshine and Scoreboards is a Tri-M production and is hosted by Kevin Scott, Landon Doan, and Justin Krutzinger. Our engineer is Joe the Engineer. If you like the show, please leave us a review on iTunes, Google Podcast, or anywhere you get your podcast. You can email us at moonshineandscoreboards at gmail.com. Subscribe, tell a friend, and come back next week for all of the fun, the games, the moonshine, and of course, the scoreboards. Scoreboards.